0: The following podcast is a part of Radiomisfits.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com. Get headphones, earbuds, and accessories from TweakedAudio.com. Just enter the discount code CAFCOMICS. That's all one word at the checkout. You'll get 33% off your entire order, free worldwide shipping, and a limited lifetime warranty on everything you buy. That's TweakedAudio.com. And now... It's time for
0: Caffeinated Comics. A lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles. All fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos.
1: And now, here's your hosts... John and Stephen. Hey, it's Cabinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Stephen Brown. And this week, there was a lot of things that we didn't cover last week because we were talking about Game of Thrones, which happened the week before. Yeah, we're so behind. So I feel like we're so out of the loop. And I, I, we're behind why. There was something we covered. Because Game of Thrones came on Sunday night. We usually record on Sunday mornings. And, what, and so we bumped oh, that right. to the next week. What we did we talk about that week? Because we, we talked about Game of Thrones last week. That's no, I I mean, the week before that. Oh, we talked. I thought there, there was something. There was a specific. lot of things in the news happened. Uh, some things which have been confirmed. Oh, that's this right. week. So there's a lot of news around Tom King, uh, who's been writing Batman and very popular Eisner for Mister Miracle. Um, yeah, really great guy. I uh, he's on. He's really open on Twitter and Instagram. Like he'll he'll he's just talk to people. Yeah. very accessible. But he was on Seth Meyers, uh, and did an interview on there he's got a lot going on. So we talked a couple of weeks ago that he was taken off Batman.
0: Yeah, so what do we know about that? Was he like... I heard um, somebody in like running Batman was that sales slumped after the not wedding issue. Yeah. And people really, uh, like the upper people, aren't happy with the way he's writing Batman.
1: That's what I've heard. But then I've heard the sales are still good. So well, sales I know are, they slumped a little bit, but... The sales are still high. I mean, Batman's always DC's it's best selling be. title. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean it's Batman. On. Uh but from what I've heard a lot of this is rumor, but I I heard what you just said. Yeah. I've heard that Warner Brothers is paying a lot more attention to DC than they used to, What now that they've merged with like AT&T. Uh, now there's like more bean counters. So, oh, so there. See, that kind of sucks because I remember hearing
0: uh, a long time ago that Warner Brothers basically wrote off DC Comics as like
1: market research. Yeah, because one the, one Batman movie pays for ten years of DC Comics, right?
0: So it's just like let the comic dweebs do what they're doing, and then we'll just mine this crap for movie
1: ideas. So I've heard that might not be happening. Probably anymore. on the way out. That's and you know DC's DC hasn't been DC hasn't seen a real sales spike since the New Fifty Two Rebirth has had some. Critical darlings, mm. but Tom King's never really sold what Scott Snyder sold. The Oh, on um, the Batman uh, yeah. title. Okay.
0: Which uh, is crazy because, uh, and I know you like it, but I gave up on Snyder a long time ago. I read right when Batman's fighting like a flower person. I'm yeah, kind of it was done.
1: diminishing returns. Around the time Commissioner Gordon be- yes. became an Iron Man that thing. It's
0: like, I don't care about this. And Tom King's run, I did initially not pay attention to. And then I went back reading the trades and I flew through his entire run. Now I'm reading it monthly.
1: Yeah. He's a fast read too. Cause he's one of those yeah. guys that has like six word balloons on a page.
0: Right. Well, he's telling a lot. Um, there's a lot of really nice quiet stories yes.
1: in those books. And, he, and even more than Mr. Miracle. Cause I think he went into Mr. Miracle saying this is going to be 12 issues. Yes. So he, Mr. Miracle actually moves faster than Batman. Batman, he said it was a hundred issues. So that it's going to end at 85. Now, What's happened was, I have to admit, uh, I really, really like this run. Uh, I don't think I've liked a Batman run this much since the 90s in terms of writing. The only thing I could compare it to since then, the last time I was this into uh, the Batman title, was um, Hush. I was actually going to say, I haven't cared about Batman this much since Hush. And Hush was all the artwork. Cause, which is why I was so mad a couple of episodes ago when I saw the trailer for the animated movie and they just used their own new fifty-two idiots. anime designs. I'm like, the <laughs> when whole Jim po- Lee
0: <laughs> set like the bar for animated characters in the nineties,
1: it's it, like it's, they're and, morons, and, and it's his greatest work. Uh, yeah, idiots. I mean, and it'd be fine if that's the way they did things, but. I was running down the list in my head. I was like, New Frontier looked like Darwin Cook. Yes. Killing precedent. Joke looked like Brian Bolland. Year One looked like David Mazzucchelli. Dark Knight Returns looked like Frank Miller. Yeah. It, like, they, uh, the uh, Public Enemies look like Ed McGuinness. Yes. They, they, can, they showed that they can do it. And the only reason, like, Jeff Loeb, Jeff Loeb knows what he's doing. Jeff Loeb, um, whether or not you're a big Jeff Loeb fan, uh, some of his stories have been great, some of them have not been great. Jeff Loeb goes into every story going, what's the hook that's going to make people respond? And if he's working with an artist that's bigger than him, he takes a back seat. Yeah. Where with Tim Sale, he's, he's smart. With Tim Sale, he's like, I'm writing this story and Tim's going to help me sell this story.
0: Right. And he's writing for, uh, he's one of those writers that writes for the artist. Yes, you exactly. Know, it's like if, uh, Obviously, if he's working with you know a lesser known guy, you know he's probably going to do more of the heavy lifting. But it's like, oh, Jim Lee's going to do Batman. Let's write a story where Jim Lee can do all the villains, right? So and all the sidekicks. So Hush
1: characters. is nowhere nearly well as well written as Long Halloween.
0: Hush is a vehicle for uh, getting. Uh, t- touching all the Batman universe, he did everything. Mm-hmm. They did a Superman story. They did all the sidekicks. They did all the heroes. They did all the villains. It's like they were they. It was uh, it was a tour
1: of the Batman universe. It it's was all a hush. Was. It was yeah. It was a Jim Lee tour de force. It was his introduction to DC Comics, which he had never been to. He started it. At yeah, Marvel. which is
0: so crazy to think about now because he's I identify him so. Uh-huh
1: strongly with DC. Right. Now. Well, he's been there now for 15 years and yeah. he's one of the CCOs. Right. He's but at, at that things. point it was a big deal because he'd only drawn Marvel and then his own character as an image. And so, and Batman's the most popular character, uh, arguably more than than now even. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the whole point was, Hey, just go crazy and draw everything in Batman. And for the movie to go, okay, let's not look like that, but let's use the story that Jeff Loeb strung together to make Jim Lee look good and then not yeah. make it look like Jim Lee. It
0: just, it's like, uh, it just shows you there's um, just a lot of idiots in charge of things. You Something know?
1: happened to DC animated movies a while ago. Because even when Bruce Timm does them, they suck. Yes. And they used to be incredible. Right. I mean, up until yeah, five, six years ago, I think year one was the last Truly real one. genius one. Yeah. Because it came out after Dark Knight Returns. Uh um, Yeah and then then they got weird and then Killing Joke they dropped the ball like they did the book well and then they did the shittiest Batman animated series episode you ever saw <laughs> for a half an hour before uh, they it they tortured us yeah they they haven't I watched Justice League versus Fatal 5 and
0: oh yeah I was gonna ask that's that's like okay most well, so, yeah, yeah. well, of
1: Justice League movies about 35 minutes in I'm kinda done yeah. and then I'm just hanging around they don't the scripts just kind of lay there after a while. And it's like, I've seen the, I've seen how you animate a big fight between these two teams. Yeah. Where's the story going? So, uh, going back to Tom King, what Tom King has done is the opposite approach, which I, which I think DC had a problem with. And to be fair, I, I bought Tom King's book every month. Um, I will probably buy Batman every month once once Tom King leaves. Yeah, you're uh, not gonna go anywhere. I don't. They haven't said who the creative team is. There's been two hypotheses, which both sound really true. Yeah. Uh one is Warren Ellis was working on a limited series. Okay. That they might just move into the Batman title. Oh, and he
0: was working on a Batman limited series. Yeah.
1: He's either way. Warren Ellis is coming out with a Batman story. Yeah. Uh and forget who the artist is. The artist is somebody really good. And. That was going to be probably like a six issue mini They might just make it the next six issues of the of the the book, like yeah. it, like he did with Extremists. The other big um, rumor, which makes a ton of sense to me, is Bendis. that is Bendis, yeah, because Bendis has been writing it for the Walmart exclusive comics, which nobody sees because right. people don't shop at Walmart anymore. And uh, he's been doing Superman, and he no one has raised the boat on Superman probably since Grant Morrison uh every they they keep putting their yeah. top talent on See, it. i'm
0: reading both of bendis's superman books yeah are they good and they're good uh but it's not um it's not the best shit that they've ever done with superman and like the one book i'm particularly liking just because ivan reese is drawing it and it's like yeah, i like ivan he's reese, yeah. great it's like the rest is it's like all right here's a story where he's in space with his dad who's alive and you know yeah. at this point with dc it's frustrating because it's like um uh, because I'm paying attention to it so like peripherally, right? It's like because you
1: don't own a store anymore.
0: Well, not only that, it's it's like I can't. There's I I my heart's not in any of those characters right now. Mm. Like I read the Mister Miracle because it was really good. Um, yeah, it was
1: just a good book, right? It was and just I a like, good book. I like those characters, but I wasn't reading it because I'm the, a big fan of the fourth. Because world, the new you know? gods were there. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It, it was because he had done that awesome Vision series.
1: Yes, that Vision series was yeah. incredible. So I re- it's
0: like when I'm checking into like Superman. I'm reading it because I wanted to see what Bendis was going to do on Superman, and it's okay, but it's like, I'll just take anything they say. It's like, Superman's dad's alive. It's like, sure, okay. (laughs) It's like, uh, I've been paying attention to 10 years of DC Comics, whatever. And that's
1: what they've done with Superman since New 52. New 52, the only really readable thing, in my opinion, was um, Grant Morrison and Rags Morales- did that like year one story where you had the t-shirt. Yeah. And, the g- and that was great. And I think I and read that, that. And then he was kind of gone and then right. it didn't go anywhere. But they keep putting, they keep putting like the big, big talent on Superman. And obviously, these people have had long careers and they haven't touched Superman. So right. yeah, I wanted to do a Superman story. I mean, it w- when John Romita Jr. went to DC. They gave him Superman they right gave away. Him Superman, but, and Greg Pak was writing it and Greg Pak created Planet Hulk, which is maybe the best Hulk story ever written. Yeah um and sales didn't do anything yeah it didn't budge and then you know they did this whole story where he and lois had a son and then pete tomasi and patrick gleason like merged their uh damien robin with it and super sons yeah and that got like the first couple of issues people talked about it i really yeah, liked it and, I, then really just liked it, and then I just fell off and you know what his kid's still running around you know it's like
0: bendis is using yeah. him in both of his books. well
1: patrick gleason here's this new story we haven't touched. patrick gleason just signed with marvel
0: yeah, I'm actually kind of excited about that.
1: Yeah, because he's, he's a guy that hasn't gotten the credit he's deserved. Yeah. he's been. I'm like, hoping they give him something uh, to sink
0: his teeth into. Well, you know? he and
1: Tomasi are, were a great team, and they were always given the secondary title. It was yeah. disappointing. When, when Jeff Johns made Green Lantern the biggest book in the world, they were doing Green Lantern core, and nobody really noticed. When Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo made Batman the biggest thing again, and honestly, uh, Court of Owls and Death of the Family, you can stop after there.
0: Yeah, I uh, think that's literally what I did. Death yeah, in the family and I was like, "All right, I'm done."
1: Yeah, you said you just read that last night on Earth. Oh yeah, <laughs> I have it in it's, my box, but I haven't read insane.
0: it. Insane. I I don't hate stuff like this because I don't mind them doing just like uh, if it's a mini series. It's an Elseworlds, right? Yeah, it might as well be. It's mm-hmm. like Batman's in the future, but I think he's a clone and the world's destroyed. <laughs> And there's a severed head of Joker and like a lantern that it talks to him. Okay, and he meets like the resistance, and I think Batman's the reason why the world ended. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, it's three issues, so they may not. Yeah, maybe they don't I'm, get into. it I, too much. I'm definitely buying it. I'll get around to reading it. Um, I I think I like Greg Capullo more than I like Scott Snyder. Uh, I, but I did really like his first all-star Batman story, but it was John Romita. Because yeah. after Ramita did Superman and nobody cared. Right. He did a one shot of Dark Knight Returns, which was really good.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, Ramita's still over there. Ramita's over there. And but what's he doing?
1: He did Suicide Squad for a little bit. Yeah, but he that did, was like, months, months ago. He was doing—he was going to do a creator own thing. He was launching a new character. Oh, maybe
0: that's what he's working on and we haven't seen it yet.
1: Or maybe it's out and we're not noticing. Yeah. Because I mean, Ram- he's
0: not doing Kick-Ass because Kick-Ass is doing a new series.
1: Yeah, but that's still Marvel. He's exclusive at DC now. Oh, yeah. So I don't think he's coming back for that. I mean, yeah. he owns part of Kick-Ass, so he's making money. Money off of it. And I love John Romita Jr. I have, in the studio, I have a John Romita Jr. drawing. He set the Guinness Book of World Records in 2003. Uh, I don't know that I've ever told this story, for continuous drawing. Yeah. And he drew for 36 hours, and he sat at a table and drew, and the um, to get the award, you had to draw the same thing. So he drew this one shot of Spider-Man of like a three quarter look. And this is when he was doing the run with Straczynski. Yeah. And he drew for three days and then, um, they were raising money for a charity, his niece. So Jeremy seniors, granddaughter had like a kind of brain ailment and they were raising money yeah. for her medical bills. So he paid like 25 bucks and he gave you one of the sketches. That's cool. And when I went, um, he had people helping him out. So for a while it was in Times square it was back when we lived in New York, so we could just walk over there. Uh, and for a while, Scott Hanna was next to him, and Scott Hanna would be like, hey, if you want to kick in an extra 20 bucks, I'll ink that.
0: Oh, that's cool. And
1: because Scott Hanna was inking him on Amazing at the time. Yeah. So, John Romita would draw the pencils, and then Scott Hanna Press would ink it, right it and you paid 50 bucks for that. When we got there, he wasn't there, but John Ramita Sr. was there. Yeah, which is awesome. And John Romita Sr. said, what do you want me to draw? And I anything you want. Yeah, I didn't know, and I was like, I, I just froze. And people were like Wolverine because he designed Wolverine. And, um, I I I've had this time where I usually don't give a shit about celebrity yeah. or fame, and I've known people that have become famous that have stayed the same, and I've known people um that were that were really big. have walked into places where I've worked, and I haven't cared. Um. But if it's somebody that affects me personally, yeah,
0: it's a little I
1: lock up. <laughs> and it's um it's really, it's really tough for me. Uh when like when I met Bruce Campbell, it was very hard for me to speak. Yeah. Bruce Campbell is not nearly as famous as, as yeah as, uh, I mentioned in Garofalo, couldn't just stared at her and walked away. Yeah. Couldn't say anything. Uh Stan Lee, I pointed at him and kept walking. Yeah. Uh <laughs> if, if people had hit me personally. I, I have a very hard time speaking to, um, but uh, when John Romita Sr., he's like I'll draw whatever you want me to draw, and I was like I was like whatever you want to draw, John Romita. Yeah, literally anything you want to draw. And I said, do you want to draw Spider Man too? He goes, and then is one of the greatest moments, one of the greatest single sentences anyone has ever said to me. He said, how about I draw one of those half Spider Man, half Peter Parker heads? And I was like, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Absolutely, so, so I, I, think, uh, I have them framed right here. So he drew that with the spider sense and wrote to John and Renee because yeah. Renee was with me, my wife, uh, who was just on last week. And I have those in the room, and yeah. those are like
0: because I, I think it's like, um, you know, you read Dead Ghost Spider Man, Ramita Junior Spider Man is like the 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 Spider Man I kind of grew up reading. Ramita
1: Senior Spider Man is the gold standard it is for me, an and I've
0: absolute gold. Standard I've had many. Of Spider-Man. I've had
1: many arguments with people. Um Mike Lawrence, who's been on the show uh several times, uh will always get into a fight with me about that because he's a Ditko he's guy. He's a Ditko guy. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I give Ditko credit for creating it. Right. But I think when Ramita started drawing Spider-Man, it was like when Cap joined the Avengers. Yes. It's like when Dana, something clicked. It's like when Dana DeVito came yes. on always Sunny. <laughs> yeah. It's like it needed that It's
0: it's like uh there's a mi- there's a missing X factor in those Ditko runs. They're fun, they're mm-hmm. good, they're quirky, uh, it's creepy. And it's like Romita coming on does it's a it's a shift in tone yeah he, and it's like Spiderman starts getting cool well he, like he stops wearing glasses he starts riding a motorcycle mm-hmm. it's like he's got the pop he collar, doesn't have a tie anymore yeah. he's not wearing the vest it's like it's kind of like he he's growing up a bit more right because the story was progressing naturally and it was kind of like seeing like a young person kind of like define himself it's yeah. like. Uh, and they nailed
1: it. Well, also, Ramita came from soap opera comics. He yes. was very, very good. Oh, well, and at that's soap the same comic. time when all these beautiful girls start showing exactly. up in the book.
0: You know, it's like uh, When Stacy
1: was around, but all of a sudden she got like prettier. Mary Jane was a subplot in Ditko. Yeah. Where Mary Jane was this girl that Peter you didn't see the face. Peter would like never a, meet. Yeah. Like Aunt May was always trying to set him up with Mary Jane. He'd be like, Oh, I'm Spider-Man, I can't meet this girl that my old lady aunt mm-hmm. wants to set me up with. And then when finally when she's revealed as John Romita Jr., you hit the jackpot. Yeah, um, one of the most iconic uh, panels in yeah. in history. Uh, at some point, they need to put that in a movie. I would. Yeah, I I would be fine with Zendaya saying that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised they haven't done it yet because they've had. Well, they've—I guess they only had the two Mary Janes. Had Kirsten, but they've changed? If home Kirsten Dunst, so Dunst much, had said it, it would have, have, have ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anything that she did ruined it. It's like I think that's why I don't really care about Mary Jane was because because of Kirsten Dunst. And anyone, I love like, Mary.
1: I love Mary Jane. When I started reading heavily was when. It was when the black costume era, and that's when Mary Jane comes back and says, I've always known you were Spider-Man. Yeah. And she becomes this confidant. And then you move into, the, like, then they get married, and you move into, like, the McFarlane era where she's, like, this porn star yeah. <laughs> that, just, that just runs around the apartment all the time. Yeah. And, like, Peter comes home and has sex with her and then goes swinging around. The McFarlane era, Peter has no problems. Right. No problems. None.
0: They uh, kind of forgot what they were doing.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but going back to Ramita. Uh, Ramita came from the romance comics that were, Mary Jane was not drawn like a porn star, but, right. but Mary Jane and Gwen were like Betty and Veronica. Yeah. They were like two most beautiful women, basically the same woman. Right. Uh, Ramita has said that he based Mary Jane on Ann-Margaret. Oh yeah. And, which you can see. Uh, and that's also appealing cause go, go watch an Ann-Margaret movie with Elvis. Yeah. And, you she, see what they were going for. She is sexier than Elvis. Yeah. Like Elvis is following her. Around. Right. <laughs> it yeah. was like, Hey, come back here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he has no match for Ann-Margaret, but, he, but with Peter, Peter being lonely and being friendless and not being, and not getting his dating life together with Ditko. It's Betty Brandt who is drawn very mousy.
0: Yes. I'm
1: a big Betty Brandt fan. Cause Betty Brandt's kind of the Marvel Lois Lane. Yeah. And I'm, and I got, I got a thing for Lois Lane. Um, I, we've been watching news radio again, which, by the way, if you've never seen news radio, just go find it. it's on Crackle for free as one of the funniest shows of the '90s, yeah. and it's not remembered. But I never o-
0: saw it, never really uh, heard of it. It and used to I come on. We after- watched it at the sh- at the shop. Uh, you brought it in on like DVD or something. Yeah, it, it used awesome.
1: to come on after Seinfeld, and it had this all star lineup. Everybody was either big before or went on to something yeah. big because it was Phil Hart the Three leads were Phil Hartman, Dave Foley, and Andy Dick. And like, uh, Phil Hartman just left Saturday Night Live. Um, Dave Foley just finished Kids in the Hall, and Andy Dick just came off Ben Stiller. So these three guys had come off the three best sketch shows of the 90s. Yeah. But then everybody else they filled in was like fantastic. And like, Joe Rogan, who's now a podcast king, was on it. Uh, Stephen Root, one of the best character actors ever, he is killing it on Barry.
0: Yeah, and I gotta start watching that. You gotta watch Everybody. Barry. Everyone's fucking talking you about gotta, that gotta
1: show. fucking watch Barry. My God. There's two seasons. hmm Yeah. So it's up to about twenty episodes now. Um so good. He's so good on it and he's always good. But more attorney, uh who, who like ends up playing like uh, you know, worried wife and everything. I think she was on ER for a long time. She was like the ex-wife and liar liar but she's young and super cute on it, and she's basically Lois Lane. Yeah. And even now, like 25 years later, I'm like, oh, man, look, at she's yeah. just the cutest thing I've ever seen. Uh, so I, I've got a thing for, like, brunette sassy reporters. Yeah. And that's who Betty Brandt is. <laughs> that's sad, Betty Brandt. Uh, but Betty Brandt kind of moves out when Ramita comes in, and then it's it's all about Betty and Veronica, and uh, it's all Archie. I, I didn't even think about, oh, my God. yeah. Wait, wait. I've never thought about this before. John Romita turns Spider-Man it's into Archie. Archie. Peter's Archie, Harry is Jughead. Yeah. Um Flash is Reggie. Yeah. A little bit of Moose, but he's mostly yeah, Reggie. Yeah. Uh in fact, when they went back, they created a Moose, like Kurt Busiek had a character that was kind of like the big guy, um Kong in Ultimate Spider-Man is yeah. basically Moose. And then Gwen and Gwen and Mary Jane or Betty and Veronica.
0: Yeah, kind of rounds out.
1: Yeah, Ditko was never going to turn him into Archie. No,
0: I think, uh, you know, Ditko is like a very sad man, you know? Uh, so it's like, uh, it just permeates those early There's a Spider-Man. loneliness, which is great.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, it, it, yeah, it's. Those Ditko issues are so film noir. Right. They're all like shadowy alleys, and yeah. it's a lot of gang, it's a lot of like low level gangsters. Um, You know, they're great. He created a million great supervillains. Oh, yeah. And we talked about it when he passed away. I don't
0: know that anyone has maybe had that much success creating supervillains as Ditko.
1: A single person? I don't think so. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A
0: single individual has not created more better villains than Ditko did. Well, we've often
1: said that Spider Man's Rogues Gallery is equal, if not surpassing Batman's. And when you go into Batman's Rogues Gallery, somebody different created each one of those people.
0: Right. That's what I'm saying. It's like most of the Spider Man guys are cut kind of, they're all. Only, like, two guys, basically, between Dicko and Ramita, created the best versions of all those. Yeah. Games. My problem with Batman villains, they're good, but it's, like, they're all kind of... This person's crazy in this way. This person's yeah. crazy in this way. It's, like... And most of
1: them are in three-piece suits.
0: Yeah. It's, like, they're all crazy gangsters, where Spider-Man is, like, uh yeah, they're has, all over the place. He has this
1: one subsection of monsters. It's, like, it's, yeah. it's mostly mutilated gangsters yeah it's like your penguins jokers 2 Face, riddler catwoman uh they're all normal but then there's this they're the basement <laughs> there's like this annex of batman <laughs> crocodile guy, yeah that's yeah. like killer croc and clayface yeah. and man bat and mr freeze right.
0: <laughs> they're like sci-fi monsters yeah and
1: for so- and some reason they all mix together yeah. and i find that fascinating yeah, but, uh, but Spider-Man had the visual impact. But, like, Romita comes in and creates the rhino. Ditko was what I'm never going to like, make no. the rhino. <laughs> that's,
0: that's why it was like Ramita because it's like he did come in and add some awesome uh, villains. The Prowler, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, the Prowler was created create by kid. Jo- the, the,
1: was John Romita Jr. Yeah. John Romita Jr. Which crea- is adorable. Created the Prowler when he was a little kid. And John Romita Jr. went on to create some great characters himself.
0: Yeah, well, so I just finished... Uh, the Straczynski Ramita omnibus came out well, maybe last month. I got
1: I got it. I've read it so many times that I flipped through it. Oh yeah, and, and I was like, oh, this this these are beautiful prints of these pages, and then just put it on the shelf.
0: Yeah, see, I hadn't read it in a while, uh, like years, and just like flew through it because it's Ramita, and he, he did that like gangster Hulk. There was all like pieces. Yeah, yeah, and it was like, oh, this, this stuff was awesome. Yeah, and then, uh, um. I always get confused because he comes back. Ramita comes back and does like around like the Dark Reign time when like Norman Osborn is in charge. He has a pretty lengthy run on Spider Man with like the Menace Goblin.
1: Oh, he came and went. That was yeah. yeah it was like
0: touch and go. He wasn't well, the
1: consistent. Brand New Day is when it went to three times a month, yeah. so they had to rotate everybody. And he did. So he a would lot do like he would do a six issue story thing. Like, but it was all good guys. It was like Mike McCone would do yeah. some, and then Chris Baccalà would do some. Uh, and then Phil, Phil Jimenez would do some. Yeah. So it was all A level guys. But they were, but Ramita Ramita had two major runs. One in the eighties was the he starts on Iron Man with Bob Layton. and then he goes to Amazing Spider Man with Roger Stern. He did some Denny O'Neill issues where he created Hydra Man, and then he does the whole Roger Stern era, which is the Hobgoblin was my favorite villain was yeah. his, and then he leaves with the black costume, and then he comes back during the Clone Saga because he got fired from the X Men books. Yeah which
0: he, he, he had to leave and then they he
1: left to do the Batman Punisher crossover right, and then they and which,
0: then it was selling better because they put like Joe Matarira terrible on it, it was,
1: yeah Joe Matarira <laughs> yeah. was on and the sales went up so they wouldn't let him insane. back he said it was the only time in his career he was without a job yeah. he walked down the hall to the Spider-Man office he was like is anything open and then he stays from the Clone Saga through Straczynski and then he leaves I think to create Kick-Ass
0: Yeah, I think Kick-Ass is a lot older than I think it is. Kick-Ass is like 2005, 2006. Right, it's pretty early. Yeah,
1: it's about the time he leaves. Yeah, that omnibus is beautiful. And we both just got the volume four, which I think is the only volume four of an omnibus. No, Avengers
0: volume four. Oh, you're right. And I haven't gotten it yet. You didn't get it, but... um, It has the
1: kree Scroll war in that.
0: Yeah. But the volume
1: four has the 70s stuff, and we were just discussing this beforehand. I think out of any long-running title... And if you disagree with me, uh, I'm at not on my book on Twitter. Bite us. (laughs) Um, I think Amazing Spider-Man is the most consistent, long-running title in comics history. It's
0: never my favorite, but it's the consistently it's the best.
1: It's usually my favorite, and when it's not, it's like my second favorite. Right. But even it's
0: always like uh, the Amazing Spider-Man monthly titles, like Pizza. You know, it's always pretty good. It's kind of hard to screw it up. I'm almost always reading Spider Man. Yeah, me too. I wasn't reading like the clone stuff, but it's like that's probably the exception. But then I haven't read a lot of this stuff. Like, I read most of the, I don't know how far into Remedia I got. Like, I never read the first, like, um, uh, Morbius and oh, stuff yeah. like that. That's still so, Kane, actually. No, I know, but I'm saying is like there's a lot of really good stuff in this omnibus I've never oh, read, this which this is far like, far is it's gonna be awesome to just kind of.
1: I was thinking about this, like, where would I stop? And yeah, I was asking you this. Yeah, like, and Stan, I was like, "This is
0: the last Stan Lee omnibus." But then it's like, uh, this "Stuff's
1: pretty good." I mean, stuff afterward is. still... We get into the original Clone Saga. There's some uh, Harry is the Green Goblin. I think it's in this book. Yeah, but then and I comes do. Back. That's important. It's it's all important stuff. It's all cool stuff. And then you get the Roger Stern omnibus has already been reprinted. That I've got, yeah. But I was so I was just thinking about. it. I was like, "Well, would I just keep buying them? Would I buy the entire run of omnibus?" And then I, and then I realized they put out the Clone Saga, and I didn't buy it. Right. Yeah. So there's like there's like three volumes of three omnibuses of the Clone Saga.
0: That's not.
1: I'm not that. getting those. Yeah. I got them on Comixology because they were five bucks.
0: Yeah. I think. Uh, but that's crazy.
1: Yeah. But the other books I've <laughs> most books I've loved, I love an era. Like Fantastic Four has four really great eras, but in between is garbage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, and
0: that's just something where it's like I, I, it's like I, I have a limit to my curiosity. Yeah. Because there's so much material I want to get to, it's like I'm fine missing decades of. run on something if it's not good like i got the steve Ditko doctor strange omnibus i don't need any more like doctor strange you know what i mean i read the oath that's a marcos martin miniseries is phenomenal and then actually jason aaron and bacalo did an awesome run that ended and i'm like that's good i'm that's perfect i like that i'll get it
1: i've never read it i really want to read the marshall rogers run on doctor strange it's like late 70s. Yeah. I love Marshall Rogers. His uh, Batman stuff is some of the best.
0: I don't know that I ever read any of this Oh, like
1: There is a hardcover of Marshall Rogers' Batman, which I will show you when I press stop yeah. on this podcast. Um, it, He did The Laughing Fish. Oh, okay, um, yeah. He did uh, the whole run. That's probably the most famous story. There's a lot of Hugo yeah. Strange in there and Rupert Thorne. Um, they're all really great stories. And he did a long run on Silver Surfer when they brought Silver Surfer back in the 80s. He was the one that made it successful. Yeah. Because the John Bashema run lasted 17 issues, even with Kirby coming back. Yeah. And then he did the one in the late 80s that ran like 200 issues. He did like the first 50, and then Ron Lim and Jim Starlin uh, turned it into the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. So that stuff gets reprinted even more.
0: Yeah. I'm actually reading, um, they put out a an omnibus called Thanos Wars. Hmm. So it's his first appearance in Iron Man, which is weird. Terrible. Yeah. (laughs) He's
1: fighting like the brother's blood. And he's not
0: wearing any pants.
1: Yeah, but like it's an issue of Iron Man. And it's weird. I've read... is in it. I've read that whole run. Yeah. And when you get to that issue... That shit just happens. It just happens. <laughs> it, yeah, like he's in. It's in 55, 54 has nothing to do with any right. of this.
0: It's it's a weird issue. But this kind of is like uh, it goes through everything leading up to the Infinity Gauntlet. So it's like a lot of Captain Marvel issues, a lot of a lot certain. of Warlock, and then oh, it's earlier than that. I think cause this is like in the seventies and stuff. So yeah, but like,
1: Infinity Gauntlet's like 1990s. So right. Could, but I'm it,
0: saying it's like before any of that. It's like the Cosmic Cube stuff. Okay.
1: So uh, a lot of Avenger
0: stuff. <clears throat> Um, and it's all Jim Starlin. Yeah, well, Jim Starlin so, was the
1: only guy that wrote Thanos for a long. Yeah, long time. Yeah, and I think
0: this is like the first chunk of all that stuff. And I've heard and he's, he's
1: still doing original graphic novels. Well, he's salty about it because he's doing these original graphic novels, but there's a Thanos monthly that like Jason Aaron was writing, and no
0: one cares about the original graphic novels. They love the yeah, and he's so he's, he's pissed about that. Yeah. It was
1: kind of like when I talked to the last time uh, Chuck Dixon was on the show was when they did Bane Conquest. Yeah. And I asked him, uh, going back to Tom King, which we still haven't finished the news we're working Tom on King. we <laughs> um, But Tom King had just done uh, I Am Bane. And I said, mm. well, are you taking lead from that? What are you reading? And he's like, I'm not reading that. Um, so it's like, I think when you're the original creator and yeah. it's moved on beyond you. You get precious you, about it. Yeah, you're yeah. like, this is mine it's and mine. we're going to do it right. And
0: it's like, uh, it's not. You know, it's like, it's like Al Moore getting salty about Watchmen. It's like, bro, this was created. Uh, you aren't the first dude to get screwed over by comic companies. There ain't going to be the last. It's yeah. like the
1: nature of the business, you know? Well, the whole, if you want immortality in, in comics, you have to create a character that everybody uses. Right. And that's, that's the up and the downside of it is that. Yeah,
0: hopefully you get a paycheck for it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. As much as, you know, as much as maybe Len Ween loved Wolverine. Yeah. Chris, Chris Claremont did more with him.
0: Right. Yeah. It's like uh, very few people create a character and they're the ones that define the character. Uh, uh, Rob Liefeld didn't do that with Deadpool. You know what I mean? Deadpool became a much
1: bigger, right. different character. Right. When Joe Kelly that, and yeah. actually I would say Joe Kelly and McGinnis.
0: Yeah, did more with Deadpool than than what Liefeld I felt did originally.
1: And you know what, Mark Wade and Ian Churchill did some stuff in between. Uh, Fabian wrote a, yeah, lot, a lot of, of Deadpool.
0: Yeah, at it and it didn't. Not, yeah, nothing it, like it became. No,
1: it's really that run with Joe Kelly and Guinness. Right. But going back to Tom King. Yes. Um. So part of the problem was that. Sales have slumped since the wedding. They built up the wedding way too much. There was like mm. all these one shots about it. Tom King knew going in that they weren't going to get married. Yeah, like, and
0: I think that's that's that his fault. That's that's the public. That's marketing and marketing's. But fault. then
1: also uh, the next couple of stories he did was great. There was that amazing story with Lee Weeks about Mister Freeze, where yeah. like Bruce Wayne's on jury duty. And Mr. Freeze is on trial for murder, but because he's Batman, he, know, he, he knows he didn't do it. Right. It's and a, he beat a confession amazing out of him story, yeah. he was
0: all heartbroken and then stuff. Then
1: there's a good Penguin story, but the last eight issues or so have been these like scarecrow dreams. Yeah. And I got to be honest, I don't know what's going on. And yeah, I've, I don't know. I read every issue when it comes out. Yep. I'm, I'm as I'm as into it as anybody's into it, and even I'm like- Okay, this story's going to end and something else is going to happen. And he's been building up to City of Bane is going to kick off in 75, which I think is a couple of issues away. And it's supposed to be this big, huge Bane finale. Yeah. Now, uh, so DC basically said, when you're done with that story, you're done. Yeah. And we'll bring on Mike Bendis, or which is how we got sidetracked, because um, we started talking about Superman. Right. Uh, but you know what? If you want to get your money out of Bendis, put him on Batman.
0: Yeah, I think, I had heard, and I think it's actually both rumors are true, is that they'll, that Bendis isn't ready to do Batman yet, so he's gonna need time. Maybe that's Warren Ellis. Right, they'll have Warren Ellis maybe do, or a couple fill-in issues, Mm -hmm. whoever's gonna do it, and then give
1: Bendis Batman a hundred. Right, and we're still... Well, we're still six months away from Tom King leaving Batman.
0: Right. So So Bendis has got plenty of time to get his ducks in order. I'm sure he's got ideas.
1: But the nice thing DC did, and uh, I'm very proud of myself for calling this immediately, is that Tom King is going to finish his story. Tom King is going to write 100 issues of Batman. And what they're going to do is what they did with Grant Morrison and what they did with Scott Snyder is what they do with all of their A-list Batman people. They give them a new title.
0: Right. So, so they get their cake and eat it too. So
1: Batman Catwoman is going to come out after Batman 85 and it's a 12 issue series. It's monthly. Yeah. Which is nice because Tom King has been twice a month, which is a little too much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of thought Mitch Gerards was going to be on it. Because they did the, um, Mr. Miracle together, yeah. But I believe it's like I believe it's Clay Man. It's one of his main, yeah. Guys. And I'm
0: like a hundred percent okay with that. Clay Man yeah. is killing it. <laughs> and Clay
1: Man was doing Heroes in Crisis, which
0: yeah, some of it. He was doing the majority of it, but I, I, a, I think he's a little slow. So I think okay. they had other guys like.
1: Stepping. And now they're monthly, so he might be able to, That's to cover hoping, it. Yeah. And Heroes and Crisis were all double issues. Right. I haven't finished that yet. I'm on like issue four. Yeah, a
0: new one came out this past week, and it's like I I just was like, uh.
1: Comixology had a fifty cent sale on them they had a 50 cent sale on that and batman who laughs i was like fine yeah i um they weren't complete but people have been saying talking about batman who laughs and i'm like i don't know how i feel about metal and that's like the character that spun out of metal but i'm oh,
0: like oh, this is like the the
1: joker batman yeah
0: that's insane I, he, this, he looks
1: like the mouth of sauron
0: yeah it's so dumb it's like it's like it's like um i don't know how to describe it it's kind of like they came out with this character in a different book and they came out with many of him. There was like all these different, all different versions, versions of, Batman. of yeah. Batman.
1: Well, there was one for each member of the justice league yeah. and then a Joker.
0: Right. And this Joker one is like, people are, they love it. <laughs> it's, yeah. And it's like, it's kind of stupid, but everyone loves it so much. It's like, it's in every ad for Batman there. He's in all these books he's now. Huge. He's, it's
1: like, uh, and I haven't read it yet, but, uh, Jock is drawing it. Jock's really yeah. good. They did Black Mirror together, yeah. which in absolute just came out of that run. I don't know which, how big
0: a fan of Jock I am.
1: I like Jock. I usually don't go for that style, like yeah. that John Paul Leon, Bill Sienkiewicz. See, I really That like, very atmospheric, scratchy style. I really I like,
0: like John Paul Leon, and I'm not, I, I don't mind Bill Sienkiewicz, but it's like, John Paul Leon, I love that guy's art. Uh, Jock, I'm just kind of like, meh. It's like a uh, dual cover or something. Yeah, I, I, much of his stuff
1: I like usually that. like very clean. Like I I like guys that are inked by Scott Hanna. Yeah. And uh well there's that guy Terry Austin. Doing... I like a good Terry Terry Austin inked that Marshall Rogers run.
0: Yeah. Terry Austin Terry cleans everybody workhorse. up. Yeah. He's, uh, Joe
1: Rubenstein was another guy like that.
0: There's a guy one of the other guys drawing Batman. Lee Weeks is great. Uh Clayman was great. Yeah. There's another guy who's very Mazzucchelli-ish. He did that Two-Face bit. And, like, it was, like, an issue. Batman's, like, going through Arkham Asylum and he's fighting all these different villains. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's this is really the Bane a story. clean, polished.
1: And Finch did a bunch of that. Mm, so, Mikkel Janin?
0: Maybe. Mikkel Janin. Janin did
1: a lot of stuff around the wedding and it was really clean yeah. and good, yeah. I mean, uh, they've had great artists on it. I yeah. would, I would love... I mean, uh, Tom King has great relationships with, like, three or four Batman artists. Uh, but, as I said, I would love it if Mitch Gerards did it because I think he only did one issue with Batman.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's he right.
1: did a Professor Pig issue of Batman. Yeah. And but also weird. But also Lee Weeks brings out the best in Tom King. I yeah. would I would have loved it if Lee Weeks did all twelve issues of this Batman Catwoman series, mm. which also makes sense as a title because Catwoman has been the most important character in this whole run. Yeah. Like way more than Robin or Alfred oh, yeah. or Gordon. In um, you know, in, in the Scott Snyder run, Gordon was the most important character next to Batman. Yeah. In Tom King it's been Catwoman. But I'm, I'm really glad that they're letting him finish that story because DC especially is all about runs where um, we were saying about Amazing Spider-Man, you can just continue with it. With Batman, it's all about this story that has a beginning, a middle, and an end, yeah. and how how tightly does that hold together? Um, one of my biggest issues, and actually is an issue with them too, going back to Chuck Dixon, uh, Chuck Dixon and Graham Nolan's run on Detective is fantastic it's one of my favorite runs of Batman ever um, but they've only ever reprinted the crossovers you know because they did Nightfall right they, did, they
0: get tied up and obviously they did
1: Legacy they did Cataclysm they did all of those crossovers up to No Man's Land um, but the single issues they did like the two three partners are incredible you know there's great Penguin stories and Riddler stories and gangster stories yeah none of them have been reprinted and both Chuck Tick and Graham Nolan are pretty vocal on social media about like why wouldn't you reprint this right And they're both conservative, which you and I are not, but I can respect that. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of rumors about like... Dan is really liberal, but he doesn't have tolerance for people that aren't. Yeah. So there's been a lot of... Uh, Res
0: hesitance to publish. There's been a lot of yeah. allegations
1: pointed his way. Yeah. I'm um, not
0: a fan.
1: <laughs> of yep. Dan yeah, or of uh, Chuck Dickson. Dan, oh. Dan DiDio. Oh, yeah. It's
0: like uh, politically, I'm probably on the same page with him on most stuff, but... Um, Dan
1: DeDio I have a hard time judging because DC's had major ups and downs while he's been there.
0: Yeah, but I I kind of think he's responsible for a lot of it. You know, I think it's like he's... But then
1: he's responsible for the ups as well. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's like... uh, I I think his average is pretty low. You know, it's like... um, it, for for any for every time they do something that works, it's like the guy shits the bed. You know, <laughs> it's like you know, it's like oh great, you did the new fifty two. It sold really great, and then you gave us
1: rebirth. It's like come on. Yeah, well, the new fifty two slowed down pretty quick, right? And honestly, uh, as much as we talk about the new fifty two, uh, like like it was the gym shooter era of Marvel.
0: I mean, it kind of it, it was in the sense of like a big reboot, but it's like uh, how many of those titles were good? Right, exactly. Not as many were good as you think they were. It sold really great, I'll give you that. Right. But it's like. Uh, most of that stuff, uh, it was it, they everything that worked great for it also sh- sh- shot themselves in the foot because all these new readers came on, but then tons of dudes jumped ship. You know, right. so it's like you know, okay, you got new readers, great, but a bunch of dudes up and left. You know, so it's kind of a wash.
1: Well, I don't think there were any more titles that were good. ...as any other time in DC history. There's like five titles that are really great at any given moment. You can yeah. go to any era of DC. Right. And there's five really great titles. You know, they'll and they, they change yeah. depending on whatever is Sure, what it's, era. it's different. Yeah, I mean, there are times when Green Lantern is the best book, and there's times when Green Lantern is the worst book. Right. Um, Batman's usually high, but compared to Amazing Spider-Man, not as consistent. I've been buying the Golden Age... Um, yeah you're because
0: i could not read uh i don't i wouldn't buy golden age like anything No, <laughs> I don't but think I, there's, I, there's anything pre like 1962 that i'm like oh i can't wait to read the dick sprang <laughs> <Human> torch <laughs> dick sprang
1: <laughs> batman is really fun but the problem with that stuff is uh they didn't line up with the archives i had all the archives yeah and i sold them all off when the omnibuses started coming out and when i I opened volume one. I'm like, I'm not reading all these stories again. No. You can't get me to read Bob Kane one more time. Right. Uh, so I was like, well, then I will start where the archives dropped off. Cause the omnibuses have passed that. And it was so hard finding where that was. Yeah. Cause all the stories are the same. Yeah. And I'm like, have I read this or have I not? And have it's I-
0: especially like, you don't know if you've read it or
1: not. Well, cause some, a lot of them are forgettable. Yeah. So I probably read it 10 years ago and forgot it. Or, it's a lot like a story I already read. Right. Because you weren't supposed to buy every issue back then. Right.
0: And it wasn't uh, – no, they didn't do – all the stories are one-offs.
1: Yeah. You know? There's usually uh, – the Batman title, there were three stories in an issue. Yeah. They weren't even full-issue stories. Yeah. And Detective were only 12 pages because they would have like Slam Bradley or another Detective story in there. Um, and the omnibuses don't reprint those. They only reprint the Batman 12 pages. Yeah, it, I don't recommend anyone read all of Batman. Yeah. I've read everything from uh, The Yellow Oval Up, and I can't tell you what every story is because I'm getting old, number yeah. one. <laughs> but also, there's just so many of them that blur together. Uh, with Spider-Man, I know what I read. Yeah. that's the. Cra- I've read every amazing Spider-Man. Um, I've read almost every spectacular. There's, there's pockets that I haven't read that I know aren't good. Um, web. There's part there, yeah. web. This runs I own that I will not read, but I can tell you. You give me an era of Amazing Spider-Man, and I can tell you the major stories that happened right. in it. Like what well, if you tell me like mid seventies, early nineties, I can say without a doubt,
0: like what the you big, can point to specific. Yeah, touch Yeah, if you say if you say, if you say with... early
1: nineties, I say Carnage. If you yeah. say mid seventies, I say Clone Saga. Um, early seventies Gwen Stacy, and it's always an amazing because I it's always consistently high. Yeah. I can't do that with Batman. I mean, even modern Batman, early 80s are a, are a mush until you get to year one. Yeah. And even then, it's up and down. That's what I'm saying. 90s like, are really solid. It's a lot and easier to just
0: pay, cherry pick different Batman stories. You know, it's yeah. like year one is a couple good issues of Batman. It's like, you Early two
1: thousands, read Hush. That's it. Yeah. Don't read Bruce Wayne
0: Fugitive or Broken City or whatever it was oh, Follow up the Hush. Was like Hush. oh god, Heart of Hush was good wasn't though. Good. It was Heart like of Hush was cool. Deeni.
1: Yeah. It was, right. And that's, that's yeah. the
0: thing. It's like uh, it's like just what Paul Deeni did a lot of awesome issues. Deeni liked Hush. Yeah.
1: And yeah. He did awesome issues of detective, and then a good run on Streets of Gotham. Yes, that
0: actually was a great series. Too, yeah, they the shifted. Yeah,
1: and uh, he was also doing Gotham City Sirens, which yeah. by the way you cannot I, get now. Well, those issues uh, are like 25 bucks. There's each. an omnibus
0: coming out of Gotham city. So there's two, tra- yeah, there cover.
1: I don't know that you need the omnibus because honestly, uh, the first trade is all the Deanie and then Tony Bedard takes over and those issues are okay. Yeah. But if you want Dini, you can just get the trade and right. that'll cost you 17 bucks. That's what I have now. I, I sold my issues and I made money. Yeah. So those are my heart. I got those somewhere. Now they went on eBay and yeah. they paid for uh, a hot toys and, uh, uh, we were talking before those Mezco 112s are starting to suck me in yeah those Marvel Legends figures that have clothes on
0: oh yeah they're, oh, God. they're ridiculous <laughs> yeah I
1: have a, oh, I, amazing I have a red and black Spider-Man I have an Ash and a Frankenstein because those are my two favorite horror movies um, there's a Freddy coming. Oh, do I need Freddy? Maybe mm. I do need Freddy. Do he have
0: a little sweater? Is a little knit he does. sweater He has yeah. a little
1: knit sweater and a and a hat.
0: They gave him real clothes. I have, crazy. A Mc- I
1: have a I have a Nika Freddy, which is actually really cool, but yeah, do I need a Freddy? But I just ordered all three Batmans. Yeah. There's a, a gray and blue Batman, there's a gray and black Batman, there's a all black Batman. They're the same sculpt. They cost eighty dollars <laughs> each, and I needed them.
0: And it happened.
1: Yeah, and if they do a Robin, I'll probably need Robin. I didn't like Joker and Catwoman, so I feel like I saved money. Yeah. Yeah, but, th- uh, but oh, those so TV issues are great.
0: That other thing... Uh, um, Tom
1: King? Tom are we back to doing... Yeah, we, ha- we do have a topic. He's doing a thing. He is writing a New Gods movie. Yeah. And usually it'd be like, well, that's never getting made. But um, he obviously he's writing it because of Mr. Miracle. Yeah. That's going to take his time away, so he's going to do Batman Monthly. And focus on this movie. But uh, Ava DuVernay is directing it. So there's a director in place. Yes. She did A Moment in Time, which did meh, but was a pretty good movie, which Chris Pine and Oprah. um, Oh,
0: yeah. It was like a fantasy. It was
1: a kind of movie where the trailer was in front of everything last year, but then nobody saw it. Right. But I heard it was good, but she's working on a fourth world movie. They're saying it's New Gods, but... Um, they're gonna, everybody will be in it. You, my guess is Mr. Miracle will be in it. Forever people won't.
0: Yeah, yeah. They'll, it, and, it'll be the best of the new gods. It won't be the worst yeah. of them. Don't expect to see Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like, so Dark Side Calabac, like...
1: I'm guessing it'll focus on Dark Side and Orion, and yeah. then Mr. Miracle... Will, if it was me, I would replace Light Ray with Mr. Miracle. And have mr miracle be the sidekick character oh yeah who that's then has this life with big barda yeah. and oberon but he's not the one you follow because mr if you're saying the new gods you're talking about apocalypse and new genesis yeah when you say mr miracle you talk about him strapped to train tracks
0: yeah it's the escape artist with the little with, troll with danny, guy. Yeah, with, yeah
1: which DeVito. danny DeVito. yeah oh if Danny DeVito is not Oberon, we will riot. Or Danny DeVito is going to be Wolverine. Well, that was a petition <laughs> to make Danny DeVito Wolverine. Uh, at this point, go for it. Uh, if you can get Charlie Day in there. Yeah. Um, Charlie Day is Gambit. Yeah, Cyclops. <laughs> yeah, then I will pay you double yeah. the money. I'll pay you the money to sit through it twice. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I could just do Always Sunny X-Men. Yeah, just make them all. Mac would be a good Cyclops. Yeah, he could work. Dennis would be a good Gambit. Yeah. Was Dennis up for? No, Dennis was up for Star Lord. He was the second choice for Star Lord.
0: Oh, um, behind Chris Pratt. So is, uh, Zachary Levy was up for Star Lord. Star Lord. Everybody for He was for like, Star-Lord. Uh, he's a big comic book guy, so he was like heartbroken that he didn't get it. He Especially was, then to see what Chris Pratt's career did afterward, like yeah. blew up, and the guy was in like the three biggest movies of that year. Yeah, you know, it was what? like a Lego Movie and Shazam Jurassic was Park.
1: really good, but I don't think they're gonna put Zachary Levy in Dress no, Park because of don't Shazam. Think so, but Shazam. I was just having this discussion with a friend of mine. Um, cause I, we were talking about the movies this year and he's like, yeah, I don't know if I'm ever going to see Shazam. I'm like, Shazam was really good.
0: Yeah. It's like, uh, I saw it once and I might, that might be enough,
1: you know, I'll buy it on iTunes. I just bought Captain Marvel on iTunes. Oh,
0: that's came out. On yeah. Digital. It's, it's out, out now like, yeah.
1: on digital. There's a commentary. There's, uh, there's some stuff. Um, watched it again. Still liked it. The boys hadn't seen it. They yeah. liked it, but I think I like Shazam more than Captain Marvel. Hmm. Captain, Captain Marvel for me is all Samuel Jackson. Yeah. But other than that, I think we talked about when it came out like when they show space, it's the same kind of space as Guardians of the Galaxy or Ragnarok. There's nothing really new and visual going on. Maybe it's Supreme Intelligence. Yeah. Um, Larson's good, but she's kind of doing the same thing the whole movie,
0: yeah. Well, I think it's Captain Marvel's kind of weird because they filmed her stuff in Avengers first, and right. I think it's a lot of green screen, so I don't know how much she knew well, like, what was going on, and then they do Captain Marvel after, and they're like trying to find their footing. I think they'll, they're gonna, I, I liked it, but I think they'll, I liked really it hit too, but stride with the
1: sequel. But for me, it lands in the middle. I like, I don't like it any more than I like Doctor Strange.
0: Right, yeah, I wouldn't say it's not like uh, it's not the best first movie they did. Yeah. So you know? what do you
1: what do you think of a new gods movie? Do you think they can? Pull oh, I'm that in. Off?
0: yeah. I you know it's like uh, uh they should be trying stuff that's not Batman and Superman. So anytime they're like we're gonna make Aquaman or Wonder Woman or Shazam, Shazam, I'm like yeah, good. Try something different because you guys I, clearly don't know what the fuck you're doing with yeah. the main character.
1: Joker looks interesting, but I'm I was I'm more interested in new gods movie than a Joker movie.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, I think it'll be cool. And it's like um the goofier stuff is like we we've seen a lot of mainstream superhero movies, a lot of them. And I think it's like I do kind of want different that's why Guardians of the Galaxy I liked a lot was right. because it was so different than the other stuff, as different as I needed to be, you know what I mean?
1: And, and, it I change, think, like, and it changed Marvel. You wouldn't have Ragnarok without Guardians.
0: Right, and I think the same thing. It's like New Gods will be different. The Eternals that Marvel's doing, I think, is going to be different. It's like, yeah, Shang-Chi. give us something. Yeah, totally. Grab, grab obscure nonsense and give it to me. The
1: greatest thing in the world. This week. So Good Omens started on Amazon Prime this weekend. And, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, I read the book probably 15 years ago. I feel like I read it in 2002, 2003. Uh, it's by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. I've never read any Terry Pratchett, but I've always heard good things. Obviously, uh, you don't get to my age of being a geek without reading some Neil Gaiman. Yeah. And I, I'm a Neil Gaiman fan, but I, uh, I'm not a diehard, you know, I don't follow him Uh, To everything I haven't read everything Yeah I've read the big things I I love Sandman Um, American Gods I like I appreciated more than I liked uh, American Gods is tough. It's like kind of hard on.
0: Yeah, you. I think I started it. I watched a couple episodes and I was like, it's interesting. I really like Ian McShane a lot. And then I was like, Man. yeah.
1: And you know what? I read the book. The book was really good. But then I tried to read the comic adaptation, which Neil Gaiman wrote, and mm-hmm. I couldn't get through it. And I'm like, but I've already read this book. Yeah. And couldn't do it. I really liked the first season of the show, uh, which I think I was reading the book at the same time. But then I heard I lost that channel, and then the second season, the showrunner left. Uh, Neil Gaiman was complaining about it because there was a lot of budget problems. And I'm like, eh, I probably won't come back. Um, Good Omens is has the budget of American gods. Yeah. But it's way more fun. And you love this book. I love it. Well, this is a comedy. It's it's like a biblical Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. There's a Douglas Adams thing about it. And Terry Pratchett was a humor writer. Neil Gaiman is whimsical and fun, but he kind of let Terry Pratchett put the jokes in. Yeah. The show it. Lives up to it. So Renee and I put it on Friday night because uh, it launched Friday night, and um, uh, it launched the same time as the Deadwood movie, which could also be my greatest thing in the world. If you can't come up with something, I'll do too. <laughs> <'Cause>, man, <laughs> I think I got one. That Deadwood movie paid off the whole show. If you're into Deadwood, you got to see the movie. Yeah, it's it's a great ending. But they both came out the same night, and we were like, "Oh, what do we watch first So we watched the first episode of Good Omens, and Renee said to me, "What do I need to know?" And I'm like, "I'm not." As far as I know, nothing. This is season one, yeah, episode one. I shouldn't have to tell you what the book's about. Right. And honestly, it's been 16 years, and all I really remember was I liked it.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but, the, but it stars David Tennant and Michael Sheen as an angel and a devil, and they are great together. Yeah. They play off each other perfectly. Neil Gaiman wrote all of the episodes. There was not another writer on the oh, show. Oh, that's good. There's, only, there's six hour episodes. I haven't finished it. I'm on episode four. So I can't tell you if it, if they finished the book, if it's a limited series that's done or if it's like American Gods, American Gods was supposed to be three seasons and they finished the first third of a book in the first season. Uh, I don't know if they're going to go to season two. I have, I'm sure they're going to complete the book, Uh, but they're really great together. John Hamm is in it a lot. In a role, oh. in a role that they've expanded. Yeah, it's a very small role in the book, and they just like kind of let John Ham go. Like John Ham, yeah, John Ham has has this interesting career now, where I feel like after Mad Men, he doesn't want to work hard anymore. Yeah, where he just wants to hang out. Yeah, where it's like he'll show up in like Amazing uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, because uh, he was
0: on Thirty Rock for a bit.
1: He's on Thirty Rock. He was in a bunch of Thirty Rocks. He's in Bridesmaids. Like he loves, he loves. He's not a comedian, but he loves comedy. So he wants to, I feel like and he plays the straight
0: man though. Most of the time,
1: doesn't plays he? Plays Straight man. Yeah. And he's a good straight man. He yeah. plays straight man and man, man, to be honest. Right. Like whenever craziness happened, he had a great deadpan to it. Um, I feel like he's like Paul Rudd where he just wants to be in comedies, but he's not a comedian. Yeah. But he he's funny. But you, you can't take Paul Rudd and put him on and make him do stand up. Right. But you give him a script that's funny. He'll nail it. But I feel like at this point, John Hamm should have made, had another show or made a right. big movie and he's just he's kind of hanging out. In around, ad, but- yeah. And he does that in this, but uh, the premise, if you don't know the book is it's about Armageddon and uh, the Antichrist is born and uh, David Tennant plays a devil that's been around since creation. Michael Sheen plays an angel that's been around since creation. They're kind of friends and they decide that they like Earth because they've been on it through all of creation. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to sabotage the Armageddon somehow. That's cool. And uh, and, and it's very – plans go awry and, think, and schemes go off. And then there's flashbacks of them all through time. But they're basically – they try to raise the Antichrist just to be normal. Yeah. Because if he's too good or too bad, the war between heaven and hell will start. And they're trying to maintain the status quo. Yeah. And it's really fun and it moves so well. Michael McKeon is in it a lot, and Michael McKeon nails every goddamn role he's ever in. This is on Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. It's it's. Um, I don't watch a lot on Amazon Prime. I like Mrs. Maisel. Although I did not like the second season as much as I liked the first season,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, as big a crush as I have on this girl.
0: Yeah, I couldn't get the into
1: it. The second season, when she's kind of, there's a bit of Mary Sue going on, and I don't even like the phrase Mary Sue because I think it's misogynistic.
0: I don't know what that even means. Uh,
1: it, Mary Sue is when the girl can do everything and doesn't have any problems. Oh, okay. Um, it's a little misogynistic because if the guy can do everything, right. the guys you say Mary Sue are fine with it. Um, let's put it this way. Mary Sue was used a lot when Force Awakens came out. Oh, really? They were like, oh, raise a Mary Sue. Um, because like, oh, she can She's do a everything. She can use the Force better than
0: anybody. Yeah. Right,
1: yeah. There's that. And believe me, they threw it at Captain Marvel.
0: Yeah. People which was crazy. stupid
1: because this character's been around since the fucking 70s. Yeah, people are nuts. All they all they did was change the Miz. Yeah. <laughs> That's all they did with this character. Uh, but Good Omens is so much fun that I really want to finish it before... I go back to work tomorrow. That's yeah. how. And in fact, we put on episode three and the boys were still in the room and they got into it. Yeah. Like it didn't go over their heads. It's not too adult. It's not violent at all. Uh, and they were able to kind of follow it even in episode three. So it's really accessible. Um, and it's the kind of thing that like you can do in a weekend and go away. Yeah. And there was a shitload of stuff this weekend between the Deadwood movie and then David Letterman's second season is on Netflix. Oh. There was a lot to watch, and I'm pushing everything out of its way. Yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> uh,
0: so this is more of like a potential concept. It's like I'm that I'm like I'm I'm hoping they run with. Uh, I don't care about the Punisher a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read like the Garth Ennis Punisher stuff. I'm like, okay, that's like enough. Punisher. I never finished it. Because it's
1: a long run. Yeah, it's a
0: long run. And it's like, it's a little repetitive because it's just an asshole. It's the Punisher. (laughs) Psycho (laughs) murdering asshole psychos. The Netflix show is like that. Yeah, it's just like, uh, maybe enough of this. However, and bear with me here, uh, they might be onto something amazing with the Punisher. In the comic? Yeah. So Jason Aaron did a run on Punisher a couple years ago that I didn't read. But Jason Aaron is a person that uh, he did like Wolverine that I didn't read. Mm-hmm. But I really like what he's doing on like he did Thor. I hope he's on Avengers for the next five years.
1: It's like he's doing a good job on Avengers. Uh,
0: yeah. And all, every this like War of the Realms thing's kind of going on. So it's like the main book I'm liking. Um, and there's the potential
1: for something amazing mm-hmm. to happen. <laughs> I feel like Jason Aaron's written everything except X-Men and Spider-Man.
0: Uh, he did Wolverine in the X-Men I think
1: he did yeah, yeah. so he's done enough X-Men he hasn't he's, done Spider-Man Man.
0: no not yet he's Fantas- done a, kind of like a big tour yeah. of all these other things so uh, Punisher is in War of the Realms because I think Jason Aaron's like I like the Punisher I want to do him in the War of the Realms so he's like in the book and uh, Marvel is having a hard time with Punisher kind of all the time because it's like, how do you make like a psychopathic character like a monthly... He's two dimensional. Right. There's nothing to that character. Yeah.
1: I mean, the Netflix show, the he was amazing on Daredevil and then the first right. season was good and then the second season, they just tried to build a lot of different supporting characters around them and yeah, none, none of, of them, them were months. interesting and it, they yeah. just stole time Punisher away. to me
0: always works really great as a character in another book. He's it's a great film. Really when he's in Spider-Man, yeah. when he's in Daredevil, I really like it. Um. However, Jason Aaron's a very smart guy, and he's really good at taking two things, cramming them together in a comic book, and it working really well. He's a Reese's writer. He's a Reese's writer, and hashtag Reese's writer. hashtag Reese's writer. <laughs> uh, you gotta write that down. So he, this might not be happening, but uh, this should happen. Is he's got Punisher, and he's running around in the War of the Realms. Um, we don't need Punisher in New York anymore. So take the Punisher and have him go into the Nine Realms and just do, like, Mad Max, Fury Road, or whatever that movie I hated. Do that in Asgard with the Punisher.
1: I love that you're like, you know what they should do with the Punisher? The that movie thing I, I hate.
0: hate. Right. <laughs> no, because I think uh, if Jason Aaron can write it, and I don't really particularly care who draws it, it's like, you could kind of write that book for... Two or three years tops, you know, and it's like we've had a lot of different things done with the Punisher right. where he was like an angel and he was a demon, he was yeah. Frankenstein. It's like I'm, uh, he was Iron Man for a minute, uh, yeah, he was Captain America, yeah. It's like, let's try Punisher as Thor, <laughs> you know, give him Asgardian weapons, let him loosen Asgard and let him just fight orcs and goblins and uh, terrible monsters for a bit. I want that book. And they're 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 doing it a little bit, and I don't know what the announcements are like coming. But if that's where we're going with the Punisher, I'm kind of on board for this.
1: Well, that's a, we're so close to San Diego now. We're, oh, we're a month away from San Diego. Yeah. I feel like the news—they're going to blow our fucking minds. The news is going to dry up. <laughs> well, first of all, I uh, first of all, I live for the Hasbro panel. Yeah, because they'll tell me about fifty more Marvel Legends. Oh my! God. And my God, this week I just finished the X Men set, which is incredible. Yeah. And then they were amazing. like, "Hey, there's two more sets coming out this week. It's like a Spider Man set and an Avengers Endgame set." And yeah, I'm like, they're both awesome. There's 300 bucks I'll never see again. Yeah. Uh, this is the kind of thing that keeps me employed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gotta keep working because those Marvel Legends aren't more, slowing down more than my mortgage. Oh. Uh, but I, I, think the whole weekend's gonna is gonna be Hall H. Kevin Feige is gonna walk out.
0: Yeah, and drop the biggest fucking bomb. Nine movies,
1: and you're going to see like a million A-list celebrities. There's a rumor that Angelina Jolie is in Eternals.
0: I think that was confirmed.
1: I, I I don't think anything's been officially confirmed Yeah, maybe not. Because they haven't really... they haven't made an announcement. They haven't announced that this movie's actually happening. Right. I think it's all going to happen at San Diego. Yeah. They're filming Black Widow now. That's the Netflix show, right?
0: No. Black Widow's a movie. Black Widow is a movie. Yeah, because it's I coming out. I think... I think next year. Mm. So it's like it's filming now.
1: That's the thing we didn't get to. They just opened the Star Wars park in Disney. Like Disney oh, yeah. Disney is spending all the money and making all the money. Yeah, they really they know what they're doing. Yeah. Did
0: you hear uh, did you hear who they got for I heard like it was like George Lucas. It was George Lucas, Mark
1: Hamill. Harrison Ford turned on the Millennium Falcon and dedicated it to Peter Mayhew. Yeah. And uh, Billy D. Williams was there with his cane. Yeah. Sweet. 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 Well, if you want to tell us uh what you're into, waiting for this summer, X-Men Dark Phoenix comes out this week and I feel what? like I'm the only one who's gonna go. Uh,
0: no promises. Will I that, wanna go see Godzilla. Godzilla. Godzilla comes Godzilla's out. out
1: now. I haven't seen John Wick three yet. Yeah. We were gonna go the other night and then uh life
0: yeah it happens no
1: you know what happened we were gonna go the other night we ended up watching good omens and Said, deadwood yeah and uh too much stuff it was the right choice but i hear dead john wick 3 is as good as the yeah, other ones gotta see
0: those still god those are great
1: uh, let us know what you're into. I'm at Not In My book on Instagram and Twitter. That is the official social network for Caffeinated Comics. If you want to see all of our news, that is on Facebook.com slash Caffeinated Comics. That's where we post all of the news sites. And for the show itself, we are assuming that you don't subscribe to the show. But you should. If you subscribe to the show, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. I'm but if fans. you want to find us and subscribe to us, maybe this is the first one you've listened to. See yeah, you.
0: you can find us uh, wherever podcasts are available, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. And uh, if you want to come and yell at me for a difference of opinions, you can find me at the brave butter pecan on Instagram.
1: And we'll talk to you next week, where we
0: maybe will talk about Dark Phoenix. I'll try to see it.